Welcome to Actions Antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. I'm Stephen Jay, aka Action. And in previous episodes of this podcast, we've talked a little bit about the different generations that we encounter, both in the workforce and in other places where we go, and how each generation has different experiences, different outlooks, and sometimes different ways of communicating. We've always had some pretty positive discussions about how to go about understanding one another as opposed to deriding one another. And one of the things that I've really been encouraged by an emerging trend is amongst a generation behind mine, uh, Generation Z or iGen, as it's been referred to in some circles, has had a pretty interesting desire to do a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast. There seems to be a strong interest in starting up businesses or starting up something, building something on their own. And representing this particular group of people is actually the man that produced the intro and outro music to this podcast, Mr. Ben Barr, who has a multimedia company where he does several different things, including music lessons, video production, and producing music for podcasts. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Undoubtedly. How is everything going for you? Great. Things are going really well. Just excited to be on the podcast and have a conversation today. Definitely. Just to reference everyone in this podcast, because I usually interview people in my generation or older generations. How old are you? I'm 18. 18 years old. So solidly in that Gen Z category. And you have your multimedia business. What brought you into that? What got you interested in doing that and made you decide that rather than just a hobby or something you do on the side, that you're going to turn it into something where you're going to make money off of it and produce things for lots of different people? Yeah. Well, it's kind of an accident, actually. I was just really interested in music and I just loved it as a hobby when I was younger. I never really intended it to be a business, but when I was 13, my mom was teaching piano lessons and I've been classically trained on piano since I was little and been taking piano lessons and she needed help teaching. So I started to help her teach and take on some of her students. And so that became the first business kind of thing that I did. And it was by totally by accident. I even think of it as being a business, then I just thought of it as a service that I was trying to provide to people to help educate people. So yeah, that's where it started for me. It was just teaching piano and just loving music. How old were you when you first decided you loved music? Is this something that happened at the four or five years old? Like you see a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, as soon as I could walk, my parents made me learn instruments because both of them are really musical too. So I got piano right away. And then later I'd play the French horn for like a couple of years and now I played the drums a lot and guitar. So I loved music, but I mean, the classical music and stuff was actually kind of boring. Like I wasn't really into that as much. I think I was eight years old or something when I was messing around on my dad's iPad and I found the app GarageBand and I just oh, started yeah. just making music on that. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. It was like a video game, but way better. So that got me into music production, the music production side of things. And just out of curiosity, what kind of music do you generally enjoy? I enjoy a lot of kinds of music, like weird kinds of music, some pop music, a lot of rap music. I've been a big Tornado Pilots fan. Their newest album wasn't wasn't as great, I've heard, but I still like it. I enjoy it. But yeah, I, I like it, actually. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, but I'm interested in any kind of music. I'm open. I've got open ears, except if country music is harder for me to swallow, but I like all other kinds of music. Yeah, and there's always going to be like a differential of some types of music and others and I've always been really curious about how musical tastes like indicate or how it intersects with people's personalities and I've actually read papers mm -hmm. on it. But 
the correlation coefficients are pretty low. The most interesting thing I saw from this paper, they said people who like pop music tend to be social, outgoing people, people who like to be at the party. They also ironically said that heavy metal and classical music fans actually tend to be similar in personality. Yeah, that actually, that sounds accurate because I've heard like of crossovers, like musicality wise too, between heavy metal and classical music. I've seen like videos on it and stuff. That's interesting though. I had no idea. Yeah, the structure of it. You think of like the guitar yeah. riff and the same the thing as like a fast you, violin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's really funny. That's really interesting. And so you just basically started helping your mom with piano lessons. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to another. Like what made this transition from, okay, this is just something I'm doing. It's a hobby. I like teaching people to now I'm going to form my own business and develop a client base and stuff. Yeah, well, the entrepreneurship the wanting to have my own thing didn't really start until I think it was it was later. I'd been teaching piano for a while and then I got sucked into doing video work and I'd never touched a camera before or done anything with video before, but somebody mm-hmm. knew I was like into the arts and I liked making music and other things. And he thought, oh, maybe he can shoot some video for my company. It was an insurance agency actually. And I was just asked to come over and try shooting some video or making video. And the owner of this company was a, a major entrepreneur. He uh, has built other businesses before. And I just like, I saw what he was doing and uh, like the path he was on. And that was really inspirational to me. That looks pretty sweet. I kind of want to try that. And what company is this? This guy was running? It's called Trumbull Insurance, Trumbull Insurance Agency. And so you saw this guy who you had done some video editing for and you saw kind of his path in life, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that path appealed to you. Is there any particular reason is it just like kind of observing it and saying, oh, this is something I can see myself doing? It was just the freedom, the energy. He was able to go from one thing to another to another. And he was passionate about everything he was doing. Like he was the one controlling. He had the reins in his hand. He, had, he was taking ownership of decisions and life and the business. And so I was like, I want to be able to do that. I don't want to have to be uh, following other people and uh, like caught in the yeah, cog in the, the grind, machine you know, day to day. The machine, yeah. So I want to be able to break free of that and have have something else that's mine that I can take ownership of and responsibility of for myself. And that's awesome. There's definitely a certain amount of autonomy in that you probably observed. And I don't mm. know if you've spent that much time observing people who are cogs in the machine and feel like they're just kind of going through the motions or if this was just completely a positive vibe of it's not mm. so much a I don't want this, more of a I saw this and I want this. Yeah. For sure. It was a very positive thing because before, you know, you're just, I was just going along with the motions and I was like thinking about college and just doing what the next step was, what everybody else was doing. And then I, I saw this and I was like, hey, that's another path that looks really interesting. So don't mind if I ask, are you going to college or planning to go to college or? Right now I'm not planning to go to college. I totally am open to it. I have no problem with it, but I want to be able to have a clearly defined plan for exactly what I get out of it before I go into it. Right now I'm working, well, I have my businesses and then I have a part-time job as well. So that's, I'm still working and I'm, I'm not just like, I'm trying not to be lazy and just chill in my parents' basement or whatever, but yeah. So not no college for now, but I'm open to it in the future for sure. It's really interesting to hear because uh, one of the studies I read was that it's not a big decline. It's just a very small decline, but this is the first generation of people where the percentage of people going to college is actually decline from the previous. And so we've had probably a century long trend of college rates going up from 
3% a hundred years ago to something like 60, 70%. And I might be off. I'm probably, yeah. but that this is the first generation that's seen the numbers actually start to decrease ever so slightly just because of exactly, I think what you're observing. And the interesting thing about your observation is that it feels like in order to identify that path, and this is kind of what you're looking to do, you're looking to have a clear path, identify it, figure out what it is you want, like the insurance guy whose path that you're following, you're kind of like identifying and saying like, or, or building upon using as inspiration is probably a better way to put it, is something you had to have put yourself out there to get to. So you had to have agreed to help your mom give piano lessons first, and then you had to have agreed to start doing the video editing. It requires, I believe, some level of open-mindedness and curiosity to find that path, which is what it seems like you're exhibiting with all those kind of steps you took to get to where you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now in this season of my life, I'm trying to practice saying yes to like as many things as possible and just being really open to just any opportunities that are out there. I just want to be able to say yes, try to go extra mile because then you're really making yourself open or I feel like I'm really making myself open to as many opportunities as possible. And so for anyone out there listening, would you say that this requires saying yes to things that you're not necessarily excited about? Because there are some people that are closed off and they only say yes to like the things that really excite them. Yeah. Okay. For a while, I had a season in my life when I was 14 through 16 or something like that, where I was exactly like that. I was like, if it doesn't interest me, I'm not doing it. And that just closes so many doors. It's through the doors that are open that have provided the most opportunity are the ones that I really wanted to say no to, but I ended up saying yes to. And that's really interesting because I feel like anyone can like categorize the things that they're invited to do, the things they're asking to do into really like three categories of things, the things that really excite you and you're going to say yes to no matter what, and the things that really repel you and you're going to say no to no matter what. And I think those are always going to be there. There's always going to be that thing that you really don't want to do. But for anyone, there's also this middle ground, which I think is where at least half of all invitations, maybe even more, maybe 60, 70% lie in this middle section of saying, okay, I'm neither excited nor automatically repulsed by it. Do I do it or do I not? And that's where the difference lies between people who are really closed off. Even the most closed off people are going to have the things that they're used to, they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And the people who are like really open that say yes to more of those things, but not so many that they get so scattered that they have no area of focus. Yeah, right. For sure. That's amazing. And One of the things I wanted to touch on was we've talked a little bit earlier in this podcast about kind of the generational differences. And as a millennial myself, I have this theory in my head that generations respond to what they see before them. As in like us millennials, we're really kind of starting to really reject our parents, the baby boomers ideology of working 70, 80, 90, 100 hour weeks as a virtue. We saw our parents' generation do that. You know, and then we're saying, no, there's more to life than that, especially when oftentimes it didn't even work out for them. They would still get laid off. Their company still didn't care about them. Right, right. Is there anything you're observing about your parents or even members of my generation, I can take the shade, that you're saying that is making, say, you or more people in your generation prefer this path of wanting to like have control of your life and wanting to like do the thing that you're passionate about, like you're saying? Hmm, That's interesting. For me personally, I honestly... Uh, I was like I was talking about before is all positive. The reason that I wanted to take my own path, my own route 
it wasn't looking at my parents or that generation and seeing something that I didn't like because I've been really blessed to be surrounded by like really positive role models around me. It was more, yeah, it was more so the positive. And I think most of my generation, all they see that too. Like even on Instagram, there's lots of, most of it's pretty fake, but they see the happy, self-successful entrepreneur model out there. And that's what they want. That's just my take on it though. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So I had initially had the thought, and this is kind of related to a discussion in one of my previous podcast episodes, which is that the way my generation is responding to these hundred hour work weeks and saying, hey, there's more to life than that. Yeah. It seemed to me like some people in your generation were responding to my generation's student loan debt, going to yeah. college for oh, life. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true though. I have thought about that. Like, I guess I did think about that, especially with college, that probably played a big factor in my decision is just seeing like what you're talking about student loans, seeing uh, people get bogged down for the first part of their, like their twenties and thirties. And then it's harder for them to get the lift off into the rest of their life. So I guess that is something that I've noticed, but. Yeah. What is interesting about that though is, and another thing I thought we were responding to some of these like college majors that don't lead to any jobs or only lead to really low paying jobs, which is very similar, but it's interesting to hear it from like a way more positive perspective. So as opposed to some of us millennials did kind of ruminate on it. We don't want the hundred hour weeks. We don't want to put our whole lives into something. And, and I say that totally throwing the shade on myself because I totally did that too. I said, I really don't want that. I really don't want that. Yeah. I actually found like, even with say the launching of this podcast, things got better for me personally, when I focused more on what is it that I do want? What am I doing with this podcast? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hoping listeners will be inspired. So it seems like you've done a really good job of getting to that positive energy relatively early on in life and saying it's not about saying, okay, that generations before me screwed up because they also, you know, I don't want to throw shade on them. They've also done like a lot of really great stuff. Like the baby boomers brought us to a level of prosperity that we would never have imagined before that. And I show a great amount of respect for that, but still focusing on like, okay, now, oh my gosh, so many people are building their own thing and it sounds really great. Yeah. I'm excited for what our generation is, even though I know a lot of people probably aren't, but I'm excited. Any of my previous guests have talked about the generations and the different generational differences also come at it from a very positive point of view, because part of it's just about understanding that some things are just different, right? Just because it's different doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Sometimes change brings on something better. The time period for the baby boomers was they didn't have the opportunities that we have today. They had no choice but to work hundreds of hours, you know, a week for their company or employer. Nowadays, we've got a lot more flexibility with that. And is there any particular development, whether it be technological or social in any way that you would kind of credit with having those opportunities? Oh yeah. Like the internet, online business. That's crazy. Especially like education. That That's another thing that I considered with colleges is that as soon as education or Corona made education be okay to be online, like that, then the price of colleges, I feel like should have decreased a lot, but I think they're still rising. I don't know for sure, but it's still really expensive when, edu you know, you can find most of the information you need online through the internet. So, yeah. Let's say you were looking to learn a new skill, even right now, like looking to learn business marketing or something like that. What would be your first instinct as to how to go about learning that skill? YouTube. I'll just go to YouTube. That's how... I do a lot of music production. I helped produce like a worship album 
and have done different production things for artists and stuff over the years. And everything I learned about music production was all on YouTube. The classical music and stuff I was formally taught. And that was nice too. That accelerated me pretty fast. But YouTube taught me everything is like the tech side of things. And learning through YouTube sounds like a slightly different way of looking at even education, because one of the things that formal education does is it gets you that degree, that certification, that thing to throw onto a resume. Whereas going to YouTube is more about, okay, how do I get the advice to quickly do it? And then you partially, at least from any time I've learned something over YouTube, you partially end up learning by doing. You see the YouTube video, but then like you do when you adjust and you do when you adjust. Do you see this kind of as a shift in how we go about learning the skills we need to learn to get to where we want to go? Yeah, totally. I was homeschooled for pretty much my entire life. And I realized early on that I learned the best when I like skin my knees a couple of times. So Mm -hmm. just by doing it and getting that experience of like, I failed the first time, that's perfect. Then I'm going to not feel as hard the second time. So if I just go for it and then I mess up a couple of times, then by the third or fourth time that I can, I usually have my feet under me and I can do it a lot better. So that's the best way I found to go for things, at least right now. And would you say it's important to develop a different attitude toward failure than what you see in a lot of people? Because a lot of people, I think school especially teaches you like the worst thing you can do is fail a class. Yeah. Failure is super important. I don't know. There's a lot of quotes about it. Like, yeah, I can't think of any, but you know, success is just a failure way. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, I believe someone could actually probably fill a 100 page book with just quotes about the importance of failure from various people over the ages. Totally. Super important. So if someone listening was trying to or struggling with, say, the fear of failure, fearing of whatever it is, what would you say to this person? What do you say to these people that they should do to kind of overcome that? Overcome that. Hmm. That's a good question. Just do it. Just go and fail a couple of times. Maybe you can start with like some easier, something that's a little bit easier, more inside, a little bit outside your comfort zone. You don't have to go crazy here, but maybe pick something a little bit outside your comfort zone to target first and then just work your way up. Kind of baby steps, like pick that one thing, whether it be just go to like ask out that person that go up from there to businesses and everything else like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so amongst the people you know around your age range, do you feel like many 18-year-olds today have gotten to the point where they've embraced the need to fail and learn that way? Or is it still like a struggle? I haven't seen it from too many of my peers yet. I'm sure, yeah, in some, I guess I haven't, no, I haven't really seen that around me. People uh, being willing to fail pretty hard, but I'm kind of a weird example. I have my own YouTube channel. I'm willing to get outside my comfort zone a little bit more than my friends, I would say, but it takes practice for sure. It takes a while to get used to being uncomfortable and you're never completely used to it. Otherwise you'd be comfortable, so. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's so few people that are just, you think of like Richard Branson or something like that, they're just constantly accustomed to always being outside their comfort zone, right? It's like still always a push. Yeah, for sure. Yep. One thing I'm wondering is do your friends, do they oftentimes like, especially if some of them are inspired, say by your example, your story, the same way you were inspired by this other example you've heard, do they ever come to you and ask you for advice on to say how to get out of your comfort zone, how to start building things of their own? Mm. Yeah, maybe not like that specifically, like, but yeah, whenever they're coming to me, coming with something, they want something outside of the box done or to do something that's a little bit different than they'll usually come 
and ask me for some advice. That's really nice. And I bet it feels good to help people in that particular capacity too. Yeah. Yeah. Help people be uncomfortable. I love doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And so your business focuses on kind of music and video. Is that like the plan that you see for yourself going forward or do you see yourself expanding to more different avenues? Yeah, I definitely see different avenues in the future. My dream since I was a little kid has always been like making a living from my own music. So I'm just starting to scratch the water here or the surface. But yeah, releasing my own music, being able to tour and do shows and stuff like that. That's definitely, that's on the front of my mind. That's like my dream that I want to go for really hard right now. And in the future, I definitely, yeah, have a business. Maybe I could do like some kind of production company or video company. But yeah, right now, music, making a living from my music is top priority right now for me. That's awesome. Have you gotten any traction from say like, um, whether it's music you perform or music you write? Mm, No, like, well, I have, okay. I have some traction. I haven't tried I haven't been full all in on it yet though. Right now I'm kind of, I'm dabbling in a lot of things right now. Like we've talked about, like I like teaching piano, working a part-time job and doing some video work and different things like that. So I'm, I'm really spread out right now. But if that's so, that's like the one desire right now, it's my burning desire right now is my music. And so that's the thing that I'm going to be tackling pretty hardcore in the next couple months to get that under my belt. But right now, like I have a little bit of traction but not much. I need a lot more. And so it seems like your success with your music and video production came from putting yourself out there, saying yes to things and Mm -hmm. being open and curious. So it seems like as long as you apply those same exact principles to selling your music, performing your music, it should go pretty well. Yeah, yeah, true. That's the scary part though, because the thing that's like closest to your heart, you know, that's the one that you don't want to be uncomfortable with that. You don't want to put that out there. But the conversation is making me realize, oh yeah. And that's why it's the most important to be uncomfortable with that too. Yeah. I think there's a saying before we all have like a comfort zone that's in any point in your life, it's always either expanding or contracting. Very rarely is it ever staying in the same zone because for example, if you're only eight restaurants, well, one of them's eventually going to close and then you only have seven if you don't try something new. And the same thing can go for like movies you like or bands you like or something like that. Right. Well, totally. Yeah, for sure. So that's awesome way to kind of, I don't know, just get yourself, get yourself out there a little bit more. Now, are you looking to like perform more or are you looking to write more? Yeah, I want to perform more. I want to start building connections in the music industry and working with other people. I'm doing like my graduation party because I just graduated from high school and my graduation party is going to be like a benefit concert for a charity. Oh, wow. And so that should be fun. That's going to be some great performance experience and I'll get to play some original songs and do some like covers and hopefully it'll be super fun. Benefit for charity. That's amazing. I feel like that's the last thing that was on my mind when I was graduating high school. I was, I was just more like, how do I yeah. start doing those college things? I'm looking yeah, forward college, to yeah. <laughs> See, that was nice. That's as soon as I was off my plate, I was like, phew, yeah. so much stress. And then you also said just to kind of pay the bills and get the you know expenses that you're working on a part-time job. How does that work? My dad just planted a church actually. So really oh, cool nice. he's going to push video stuff really heavily in this new church so i'm the part-time video guy right now working there it's a really great opportunity actually that's awesome that's one of the things that i'm hoping to contribute to in the future is a lot of people when they're kind of starting out their business or starting off whatever need some sort of 
revenue, some sort of income, obviously, to keep the lights on, keep their home paid for, might not necessarily want to work a full 40 hour a week or 40 plus hour a week job that's going to kind of drain all your energy in these part time. Yeah. Resources are just, you know, amazing way to encourage other people to dabble in things and get their own businesses started. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm still living around my parents' house too, so I don't like have any bills to pay. I'm just saving money. It's really nice. Yeah. Just so just like food and gas. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Food and gas and like kind of now are you saving up money for further like investments in your business and stuff like that? Yeah. Investments in business. I'm trying to learn how to invest in general, like in the stock market and stuff like that. But I definitely want to be better educated before I start dabbling in that. So you're not about to go on Reddit and just invest in whatever. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. Especially with the freak out with the cryptocurrency and stuff. Like everybody is freaking out with that, losing their minds. It's crazy. Anytime I think someone like is like very, very inconsistent, you know, I just say like you change your mind more often than the price of Bitcoin or something. Oh yeah. 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 That's funny. That's good. I'm going to steal that from you. It's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit all over the place. And one of the interesting things though, it sounds like is that part of it is this whole idea of short-term versus long-term thinking. Like you're saving money to invest in your business, not saving money to go buy a new toy or buy booze or whatever it is. You can't, you still can't at 18, right? No, you can't, no. You okay. can't do anything. You can only buy lottery tickets. It's so dumb. You can buy lottery tickets and you can yeah, vote. <laughs> I can vote. Yeah, and I miss the elections. Yeah, sad. It's a sad yeah. But whatever it is that you can and can't buy at 18, you're still like kind of thinking very longer term, like on a longer term horizon. For sure. think that that's another important aspect of building something? Totally. It's not like I'm very smart or anything when it comes to money. I just am a natural saver. I just Mm -hmm. naturally don't really spend money. So just kind of nice. And those are great habits to have. I feel like it's a good habit to always be setting aside money as opposed to spending every single dollar that you ever earn. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And now I just want to give everyone a chance. So obviously you do video editing, you do music instruction, you do, obviously you did yeah. the intro and outro music to my podcast. Yeah. So if anyone else out here listening wants to get a hold of you, wants to find out more about your services and wants tracks or videos, how mm. would someone best go about contacting you? Head to my YouTube channel. It's Ben Barr at YouTube and it's, there's an email in the description box or something like that. So just, yeah, head to my YouTube channel. And that's bar with two R's? Ben Bar, B-E-N-B-A-R-R. Yeah, that's Excellent. Me. And is there an area within kind of video and music editing that you specialize in that you're looking to get more into or? Well, right now on my YouTube channel, I've been exploring, making, I like to think of it like short films or short movies, but it's just usually a vlog, but usually mm-hmm. it's centered on some sort of theme. I make the music for it. So it's really fun for me because I get to like score it and I pretend I'm like scoring my own movie. I also film everything and there's no script or anything. It's just like things for my life or events that happen in my life and stuff like that. But that's been fun. So that's a new thing that I've been dabbling in. And then how long are these short films generally? Five to 10 minutes usually. Excellent. Is that also going to be part of your offerings as well? For other people? Yeah. To make them for other people? I totally would. Yeah. If someone asked me, I'd be down. Yeah. As far as business goes, I'm willing to try anything with film or music. Yeah. I'd do anything. Nice. And I also want to ask, kind of just give you a little bit of a open forum now, any advice that you would have for anyone that 
has something, say you have something that you're interested in, whether it be music or anything else, and says, I really want to pursue this, just aren't for however the the many dozens and dozens of reasons people don't pursue what they really care about in this world. You just got to go for it. You got to do it because you love it too. It's okay to love those types of things, those things that even other people, maybe you've heard that they're it's worthless or they don't like it. You were given a love for that thing for a reason, so you need to pursue it. And have you ever been given any of those kind of negative points? Maybe a couple of times. Honestly, the hardest battle to fight, though, is the one that's in your head most of the time where you're mm. the one telling yourself that. Like, I don't hear it from that many people that are like, oh, that's worthless. It's usually my own self. So it's just correcting your negative thinking most of the time. I think that's one of the most important points that anyone listening could get out of this is that usually the battle is in your head and obviously you have input. One of the things that inspired me to do this podcast is people would have input. Some people say, mm. play it safe don't take the risk and other people saying, go for it. But yeah, the very end, it's your head that's inputting the information, deciding mm-hmm. which information to listen to, or even how you feel about yourself, how confident you feel in your ability. A lot of the issues oftentimes is, I don't think I'm capable or deserving of this dream. I- mm, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you got to fight that voice. Fight that voice. And any specific thing that you've ever done or tried to do to fight that voice? But that voice, uh, well, I'm a Christian. And so I think I read the Bible a lot and I pray and I just connect with the Lord and Christians believe that God is a really loving God. And so he actually speaks, he speaks and believes in all of his children and every single person too. So even if you're not a Christian, you can still pray to God. He'll believe in you and he'll love you. He'll be supportive of you. So that's the strongest way that I fight the voice. It's amazing. And if it works and you get those positive messages. And sometimes a big part of that also sounds to me like taking some time because, you know, to speak to God, you have to kind of take that time. Absolutely. You're not perpetually busy every minute of Mm -hmm. every day planned out every minute you're in front of a computer, you're in front of a TV, you're in front of something and taking that time to kind of almost like get get rid of that Mm -hmm. clutter that's constantly being input into your mind. Meditation helps to the decluttering. Yeah. And hopefully everyone out there listening can find their practice of, and this is covered in a couple of the other podcast episodes too, that cold decluttering, that whole getting out of your head. Because I feel like a lot of people, when you take that time, you take that deep breath, you take your, you know, then you go out and whether it's going out into nature, whether it's praying by yourself or whether it's anything else, you kind of get back to that true purpose, that true desire in your heart. And you say to yourself, absolutely. Like you'd say, like, why not just Go for it. Yeah, for sure. And that seems to be the message to pretty much sum up everything in this podcast. The message is like, okay, take a deep breath and just start doing it. Just start doing what you're afraid of. Start doing what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Take a deep breath and then do it. Take the plunge. Jump in. Excellent. Um, any last words for our listeners today? Subscribe to Ben Barr on YouTube. So and check out some of those short videos, um, short movies, sorry. I know short videos really means 15 seconds on TikTok now, but (laughs) (laughs) definitely. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining. I am excited about your, I'm really happy with uh, my podcast intro and outro music, which everyone's about to hear right now. Again, I'm excited about the entrepreneurial zeal that your generation seems to be bringing in and also about the positive vibes that it comes from. It doesn't come from a hatred of what came before you, but coming from this whole, oh, look, I met someone running my running their own business and want to do that myself. It's such a positive vibe and 
hopefully we can create that positive future where more people are able to do what they really care about by, as you put it, just take a deep breath and go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining and thank you to everyone else for joining us today on Actions Antidotes. Stay tuned for more episodes where I will be bringing on more guests and more interviews with people who are doing in some capacity the things that they really care about and they really want to do. 